0: Hi, I'm Ken Santowski from Chicago Logistics Service. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in three, two,
1: one. Live from a cul de sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk.
2: Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees.
3: Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Good planets are hard to find.
1: They're sometimes called the odd couple, if only because the word aberrant doesn't fit in the logo. Here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak.
0: What did she mean by that? That's the other joke. We're not doing that joke. Okay. Oh, oh, wait a second. No, no, no. Did you, did you?
3: I tried. Okay, it's okay.
0: We're We're about to go to uh, Facebook Live and, and where it says... I, I see cool we life. have a
3: interesting color scheme <laughs> oh. <laughs> today. <laughs>
0: you know, okay, Brandon, uh, tell us why everything's red today. On The the other week it was all blue on the Facebook camera. Uh, is that something we can change? We Prob- angered the machine gods. Did we anger the machine
3: gods? Well, it's either that or it, it has to do with the, the red study we'll be talking about I, later.
0: I guess, but... So no. if you're
3: watching us on Facebook, um, we yeah. don't
0: know why it's red.
3: We don't want that new update that it wants us to download either. No, no, we
0: don't <laughs> want that update. Can we change? We can't. Well, uh, we could let's s- look at
3: it at a commercial. You know, we
0: could <laughs> s- stand here all day trying to fix that, nice. and the show will be over. This is, <laughs> it's you know, and 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 they they do this on purpose. They they set it up so that when we come in here, there will be something weird going on, and so that we. We can fill the first few minutes of the show complaining about something. So there you go. Welcome uh, to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, we're very uh, happy today to have uh, a couple of doctors on the show. Uh, not those kind of doctors, but the the, the smart kind the of doctors. smart doctor. doctors. Yeah, the smart doctors uh, on the program. It would help. No, I got my cheat sheet. I got my cheat sheet here. Got your cheat um, sheet. And uh, one of them is Murphy Westwood, or Dr. Murphy Westwood. Uh, she's the director of Global Tree Conservation Program at the Morton Arboretum. Uh, and then an old buddy of mine, Dr. Rex Bastian, uh, who is uh, a technical advisor for the Davy Tree Expert Company, um, and I've known him for a while. He's been on the show a number of times. And I was looking, and I think not since 2012.
3: Yeah, that was what I saw, 2012.
0: Yeah. so like five years since uh, I've, I've had him on the program. Uh, and he just got recognized by the International Society of Arboriculture, uh, the ISA. And uh, he just uh, got a, a, um, an award from them
3: and the I, award of merit
0: the award of merit which is their top award i guess so um that means does he now run the world uh, i think that <laughs> that's how that works so uh he's uh, on and we're going to talk trees with both of them um because uh, and and in particular ash trees and oak trees which uh unfortunately are both in danger uh if you know if you follow anything uh about trees uh even casually i don't know how I, I would like to know how people could have missed the whole idea of the emerald ash borer but i imagine there are people out there who don't know what that is i can't imagine who those people are uh but emerald ash boar came to this country at the beginning of this century and has basically wiped out hundreds of millions mm-hmm. of ash trees And as a result, there's a really good chance that a number of ash species will go extinct, certainly in our country. Maybe not in Asia, where their trees have adapted, or, well, you know, over the millennia, grown up with the emerald ash borer, Mm -hmm. but in the United States and in Europe. I understand it's ravaging ash trees in Europe, too, so that's, that's just sad. And anyway, we'll talk about this. And then there's oak trees that have other issues, different issues. And... So we'll get to that in a second. Um, I I was gonna, uh, well, we should let people know. I, I was gonna do a rant, but I'm not gonna do a rant because I'm gonna do it tomorrow. There's I got, I got information from friends of the parks. Did you see that? Okay, I
3: got something yesterday. No, no I can't get on there list i That's continue true. to be blocked by their server yeah well you're you're blocked by you're blocking no i'm kinds blocked at their ser- website okay. we won't even go there
0: um and there's uh there's meeting coming up next week a couple of meetings and i'll and i'll rant about this tomorrow but the obama people decided to hold one of their meetings at the same time that the park district's holding one of their cool. meetings Convenient. so yeah so you know, if they're deliberately trying to obfuscate and to keep people from getting good information about the Obama library coming in, you couldn't work harder than you're doing right now. And it's making me crazy. And I just want to smack the Obama people around and say, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And, you're suppo- and you're suppo- do you
3: even know you're doing do
0: it? You're, you're supposed to be the good guys. You don't look like the good guys. You look like the bad guys here. All right. You look like bullies. You look like Trump and Chris Christie, and all those people who are bullies. You look like that right now. So, well, I'll rant about that tomorrow. Uh, and uh, next week, we're not going to be here in this spot. We're going to be out at the scarce green fair at DuPage County Fairgrounds from 10 to 11. So come out that way. Help recycle, recycle stuff. Uh, there's Bring there's, it all with you. They'll take it. Really, there's, there's going to be cool activities out there. We're very excited about it. And uh, so come on out. And you can find out all that information on our website, MikeNovak.net. It's all up there. All right, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're talking trees today. Give us a call, 847-475-1590. The Green Living Expo returns to McHenry County College on Saturday, November 4th, and this 10th anniversary celebration is going to be pretty special. For starters, there will be two fully decorated and locally owned tiny homes on display, the award-winning traveling exhibit Sustainable Choices and Area College and University Solar and Super Mileage Team Race Cars. Visit the Living Lightly Tent, where innovators share their energy savings inventions with you. Of course, more than 70 green exhibits and vendors of all kinds including invited artists who will be displaying and selling their sustainable creations. Did I mention the Green Living Expo is free and open to the public? And Peggy and I will be there. McHenry County College, Saturday, November 4th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Go to McHenry.edu greenexpo Green Expo or contact the MCC Office of Sustainability at 815-479-7765.
2: I'm meteorologist Rick DeMille. Bringing a lot of social science into climate change is really important. People who teach climate change now, you have to really get into how it's affecting people, how it's affecting the ability for people to cope, how it's affecting the ability of people to adapt or to mitigate. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate and how it might be affecting you, your lives, and your garden. On WCGO 1590, Chicago Smart Talk. This is your talk. Do you read me? On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Come on, is anybody even out there? I told you I can't make it split. Jim, can you record the talk back? Record that, Jim.
0: It sounds like backstage yeah. at WCGO here as we're <laughs> doing this. Uh, Can you get that
3: recording Is anybody recording out there? Uh, What's going on back there? Uh, And the camera's gone. Why is the camera back to red? It was yellow-green, now it's red.
0: I know. If you're watching on Facebook, we're red. So it's it's kind of a Soviet thing we've got going here this morning. (laughs) Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with uh, Peggy Malecki. Very pleased to have in the studio... Dr. Murphy Westwood, Director of Global Tree Conservation at the Morton Arboretum. Hi. Hi. Thanks for coming into the studio. We really appreciate it. I'm going to lower this just a tad. There we go. Uh, Now I
3: can see her. Yeah.
0: (laughs) No, it's it's more about sound (laughs) than it is about visuals. Uh, And on the phone i um, happy to also have Dr. Rex Bastian from the Davy Tree Expert Company. He's their technical advisor, and um, he's also a member of the International Society of Arboriculture. Are you as well?
1: I am not.
0: You are not. Okay. So we got slightly different tree people here, uh, in, one in the room and one on the phone. Good morning, Dr. Bastian. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Peggy. Can you Good hear Good morning. Me? Yep. Oh, we can hear you great. I'm, and I'm going to call
3: you Rex, if that's okay.
4: Oh that's fine yeah' I pretty much answer to
0: anything
3: <laughs> well can you be a little closer to the phone? you're kind of in the background there
4: okay, how is it a little better
0: um try is that you or brandon that's him we uh just yeah speak right into there uh Rex and uh we'll be fine uh okay. there we go uh and uh w- we will get to it in a second because you were just uh honored by the international society of Arboriculture, the i s a uh with their award of merit and uh that's that's pretty cool um it, is.
4: it was it was very unexpected and very cool
0: oh so they surprised it surprised you with that they sprung it on you
4: well they you know they kind of say you know you've been nominated and then you know they they you know actually come through and say yes you you won and and or been awarded and so that's a uh, it's it's very humbling
0: well congratulations uh you you certainly deserve it i've known you for a while, and I know that you, uh, you've done all kinds of great work and you know certainly at Davy and before that when it was called the care of trees and uh you've been doing this a while and actually you're you're getting ready to kind of settle down now aren't you
4: yeah i am i'm uh, we moved down to uh the very southern tip of Illinois a few months ago, kind of in preparation for retirement I'm, I'm not retired yet, uh but uh, we're we're getting there
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> uh well, before you get out of here, you know we need to to talk about some tree issues uh and that's why uh we have uh dr. Murphy uh, in the room with us too and and so let's start with you, Dr. Murphy, because um we got this report that uh, a number of trees are in trouble, and we knew that. I mean, anybody yeah. who who follows this knows that there are...
3: Five of the six ash species yeah, the, the, are in the, trouble the, and nearly one-fourth of the oak species. Yeah,
0: well, uh, yeah, and I got this headline It says, Bleak News for North America's Ash Trees, Five of Six Prominent Ash Species Now Listed as Critically Endangered. And um, this is not surprising to anybody who follows the news. And I was trying to imagine, and I'm. I wonder if you run into people who have not heard of Emerald Ash Borer. Yes. <laughs> and
1: how <laughs> is, is that short answer? How is
0: that even possible?
1: Well, um, how is that possible? So, <laughs> I'm sorry to ask it, but I mean, question. I think yeah, anybody who's at all tuned in to, you know, our urban forests or especially homeowners in their region, and basically in the entire Eastern U.S. Mm-hmm. are probably aware of this because. There is probably not a block in the entire Chicagoland area that you can walk down and not see an ash stump or a dying ash tree or, you know, already a, a new tree replacing what was once an ash tree. Mm-hmm. So, and, and,
0: and, of course, communities, municipalities have gone to citizens say, and said, hey, we're going to re- be removing these ash trees, um, some of it prophylactically. Mm -hmm. Uh, They say, you know, they're not they're not in trouble, but they will be. And we're just going to do it all at once because it's the the smart thing to do. Uh, So folks will know about it from that as well.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, and Rex can probably comment on this, too. But ash, once they die, turn brittle fairly quickly and become a very serious safety hazard, especially Mm. on streets and parkways. Um, And so, yes, municipalities have spent a lot of money removing the dead ash in our region. I mean, in the Chicago area alone, about one in five trees is an ash tree or was an ash tree. So that's over 13 million trees that we need to remove or have already started removing. Um, And it's no small task in order to, you know, basically eliminate this risk to the, you know, to the urban environment here.
0: Uh, let's get real quickly to to the Global Tree Conservation Program at the sure. Morton Arboretum. Uh, what is that all about?
1: So um, the the Global Tree Conservation Program focuses on um, f- on protecting tree species as the unit of conservation. So mm-hmm. protecting habitats, protecting ecosystems is is very important um, conservation role, and often that is a part of what we do in order to target species. But we really look at it as, as a species by species basis, because that is what forms the diversity of the, you know, the nature of nature of the world. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have helped. Uh, we work with organizations around the world with other botanical gardens. We work with a forest service. We work with other conservation NGOs to build capacity and develop resources, and we also have on-the-ground gro- on targeted conservation programs, all trying to improve the state of the world's tree species. And
0: you work with a group called the International Union for Conservation of Nature. Or, That's right. Yes, the uh, IUCN. And they have something that I was I had never heard of before, and I have to admit I was kind of surprised by it, called the Red List of Threatened Species Trademark. And they yes. have their little trademark. And I, and, I, and I raised the question on my blog, why do you need a trademark for that? But they're giving it a trademark. They want to be special. And uh, uh, the red list, this is staggering. The red list includes 87,000, almost 88,000 species, of which 25,000 are threatened with extinction. 25,000 species. Now, that's not just plant species, though. That's right. It's also animal species.
1: Yes. So the Red List has been around for actually over 50 years now. So really? It is really the international gold standard for evaluating the risk of extinction to mm-hmm. plant and animal species around the world. Um, so they have plants, they have animals. 87,000 sounds like a lot, but we have a lot of work still to do. Well,
0: we still have probably tens of thousands of species that haven't even been discovered on this planet.
1: That's exactly right, uh, especially for plants. The picture is a lot more complete for animals, especially mammals, birds, Um, but for plants, we're still just kind of scratching the surface. So Peggy and I were chatting just just before about this new uh, publication that Botanic Gardens Conservation International did where they finally got a number for the total number of tree species in the world, which we didn't know before. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was basically a big literature review to try to gather all of these resources and information from different floras and different checklists of the plants of the world. So we now know there are at least 60,000 tree species in the world. Um, And so, you know, as you can see on the red list, we only have assessed 88,000 Species, total, total, total right. Species, wow. right. So we're so I'm part of a broader initiative, and the the red list effort that I that we did and my team did for the ash and the oaks is part of this bigger initiative called the Global Tree Assessment. Mm-hmm. And what we want to do is assess all sixty thousand tree species by the year twenty twenty.
0: All right, let we'll get to the oaks in a second because obviously oaks are, are a critical genus or or, or variety. Uh, you know, genus. Yeah, genus. Um, Kirkus, right. And um, uh, we'll get to that in a second, but let's start with the ashes because Mm -hmm. most of the damage is really being caused by one insect, isn't it? Right. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable because, correct me if I'm wrong... The In terms of the oaks, we have a number of issues out there, but in terms of the ash, you can point it right at emerald ash borer, can't you?
1: Exactly. I think that's the interesting thing about these two uh, projects that we worked on that we kind of released simultaneously with this new Red List update. The oaks have a variety of different problems, but there's no one overarching threat that affects all of them equally. With the ash, and I just want to emphasize we're just focusing here on the eastern U.S. species of ash, so it's a global genus um, the six. But but,
0: but you, does that mean we're not focusing on the western species? Of, so uh, we
1: are we are assessing those, but um, we're still. And when you mean that,
0: do you mean west of the Rockies generally, or is that sort west of, of the Mississippi? is okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and and so we are very concerned about the western U.S. species. We are in the process of evaluating them, but th- we still do not feel confident enough in our abilities to predict and model where EAB will go and how it will behave when it gets there mm-hmm. in order to, to assess those at the same severe level of extinction risk that we assess the eastern U.S.
0: species. Okay. I want to bring in uh, Dr. Bastian uh, at this point because, uh, uh, Rex, you working for a tree care company uh, have been kind of on the front lines of this. You've you watched now for the last 17, 18 years as this insect has spread across the country. It's now in 31 states um, and uh, two provinces in Canada. Although um, <laughs> I went to the um, emerald info site, which is sort of the the main site for emerald-boar. They called Windsor a province. Unfor- mm, unfortunately, yeah. somebody needs to correct that. Windsor is not a province. Ontario is a province, and Windsor is in Ontario, but uh, but I digress. Uh, so Rex, you've been on the front line uh, watching this happen, and being a tree care company, uh, and 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 we know that there are treatments. But I wanna you. I'm wondering if you can put in perspective what it's like dealing with the average homeowner or municipality in terms of this effort. Has I would imagine things have changed in the past. Almost twenty years now, from a sense of how do we stop it to a sense of resignation, have you seen something like that?
4: Oh sure, but uh, you know when it first started, we didn't have as many management treatments available to us, and so we were you know learning all the time and you know the treatment some of the treatments have gotten better, and there's been some better improvements. none of the treatments, of course, were a hundred percent, but they have getting better uh, we still battle this idea that there's nothing that can be done and if you try to attempt to uh, control the insect on a tree it's going to fail and, and of course that's that's not correct we've got plenty of ash trees that are still standing in the Chicago area because they have been placed under treatment so uh, but with like anything the treatments can vary between situations and between trees. It works better on some trees. It works better uh, not as well on other trees. Uh, a lot well, of the tree structure. There's many variables that affect how well the treatments work. Well, so let's we let's do have trees.
0: Uh, Rex. Let's get practical here for for folks listening. Um, what trees does it work well on, and what trees doesn't it work well on? And what are we, you're talking about insecticides and usually injections, right?
4: That's right. Uh, you know either. Usually most of the treatments now are either applied to the soil or they're injected directly into the tree. The issue is, is that the beetle larvae, when they feed, they actually destroy the tree's ability to move the insecticide to the point where it can actually work. So if you delay too long, uh, the vascular system can be disrupted to the point where the chemical can't get to where it needs, and then it doesn't work. Uh, There's many variables that affect a tree with its ability to move the material up. We can always apply it, Mm -hmm. but we can't necessarily make it go to where it needs to go. That's up to the tree itself and the tree structure, where it's located, how well the root system is functioning, how healthy the tree is. It's very similar to human medicine. There's a lot of variables with an individual with how well a given Uh, prescription drug will work or a given technique
0: ah okay so what you have to tell people i imagine when you go to again to a a neighborhood a house or a municipality is we're going to try this it it might work and it might not and we'll know in how long how long do you usually need to uh have before before you know if a treatment is successful
4: Sometimes it, t- it depends on if the tree is in pretty good shape, because uh, oftentimes, if the oftentimes the treatment, at least what we found initially, the treatments may have not have been started until we knew the insect was actually working. And you might actually see the tree decline a little bit before it would maybe start to improve, uh, depending on how much damage the tree had already done. But we know the insect. Uh, left alone can kill a tree in as little as three years so usually we've got a pretty good handle on how well the treatments are working within that tree year period sometimes we see the effects better on one part of the tree depending on another part of the tree depending on how the tree structure or how mm-hmm. the trunk uh, branching pattern is things in you know trees have a plumbing system inside of them and sometimes there can be uh, some of them can be obstructed in different ways just by how the tree is, is growing, so you know if we get a good start on a tree and the tree is healthy, and we can get that material up there, we've got some we've got some pretty good uh, materials available to us.
0: Okay, that's Doctor Rex Bastian from uh, the Davy Tree Experts uh, in the studio. We have Doctor Murphy Westwood, Director of Global Tree Conservation at the Morton Arboretum. We're going to need to take a break here. Uh, I want to get a little I, I, see I. I need about 3 hours to to really to get through this and so do you because you you do conferences and you you educate people and you can't really do it in 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 about 25 minutes it's 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 very tough especially if if you're dragging oaks into the conversation as well but um I I want to talk uh, a little bit about what options people have uh for their ash trees uh as we said uh, Dr. Bastian just pointed out that you can do some of this Um, but some people might say, when do I know? I mean, should I just cut it down and and plant something else? But then it raises the question of extinction that you're talking about for these trees. So we're going to talk all about that. If you you have a question,
3: 847-475-1590.
0: We'll be right back.
3: Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st century hair care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty, you no longer have to sacrifice one for the other.
0: Are you ready to make a positive change in the world around you? One that is easy and creates beauty? Make the switch to Native Plants, Natural Communities Native Plants. Enjoy the elegance of nature, the birds, the pollinators, and yes, even monarch butterflies without the excessive maintenance and without pesticides. Natives create food for our pollinators and birds, offset climate change, cleanse water, reduce floodwaters, and they look great. Natural Communities has more than 200 species of affordable woodland, wetland, and prairie plants, as well as shrubs, trees, and seeds native to the Midwest. And now is the time to get those plants established in your yard for a head start next year. Go to naturalcommunities.net. And if you use the magic word Novak, N-O-W-A-K, at checkout, you'll get 10% off your purchase until October 1st. Don't just get back to nature. Create it in
2: your own backyard. Go to naturalcommunities.net. Find out what's going on in Evanston. Tune in to Hagerty's Huddle every other Monday on French and Friends. Brought to you by Chicago Lee Magazine. Name the city's top magazine. Don't just read more, read better. Hello, are we rolling? Hey, my name's Chris. I'm here to introduce a new Silly Bus song,
3: and it's called Icky, Icky Insects. Icky,
2: Icky
4: Insects!
0: Yep, that's what they are, Icky, Icky Insects. Uh- Nah, not necessarily. Only if they're taking your ash tree down, uh, and, and that's a shame if, if that's happening. Um, Dr. Murphy Westwood is uh, in studio with us from the Morton Arboretum. Dr. Rex Bastian on the phone from uh, the Davy Tree Expert. Company. Um, I want to get to before we get to oaks real quick because we're not going to have that much time. But back to ashes real quick. Okay, we got so emerald ash borer. It's a beetle, as mm-hmm. as Dr. Bastian pointed out. It hit. It came over from China. It it affects ash trees here because we're not used. There are ash trees here are not used to this beetle, so they have no defenses against it. And it got brought in by in some pallets, probably is is what the guess is in Michigan. Um, you don't blame Michigan. It would have happened eventually, basically. Uh, and now they're in 31 states, and they've wiped out hundreds of millions of trees. How serious? Okay, for instance, Dr. Bastian just talked about how you can save trees, but you're saying they'll go extinct. So if we have uh, ash trees alive, being kept alive in cities and maybe some parks and maybe some backyards uh, because they're being injected with insecticides, but the rest of them have gone away, that tree is functionally extinct, is what you're telling me.
1: I, that's a really good point. So I, what Rex brought up is actually the kind of silver lining to the cloud of EAB, which is that we actually are very confident that that these ash species won't go extinct for exactly the reasons that he then said. Then why
0: are they on this list? So In,
1: this list is, a, is sort of a predictive risk of extinction. Okay. But what this list takes into account is natural populations.
0: Ah, and so okay. like
1: farms, mm-hmm. um, sure. orchards, like basically human, what we might call ex situ, so like out of its natural environment. Those sorts of populations, including the urban forest, that is not counted in the red list as part of you know the natural range. Of so, so the, the
0: tree might survive, yes. long enough for us to come up with a defense against emerald ash borer. And we
1: have every hope that that will happen because of. Wonderful arborists like Rex, who can you know work with municipalities and can save some of these trees through treatment, and then the botanical garden and arboretum community that is protecting these things in living botanical garden collections, um, research organizations, the Forest Service, universities that are doing you know the breeding and the plant pathology and the pest research on it, so that we can perhaps someday find a solution to this. But right now, the best possible information that we have is that this is a very fast decline and that exactly as you said if if nothing is done and if we can't find a strong solution that works in the wild we can't go out into all of our eastern forests and treat all of these mm-hmm. ash trees so they will become functionally extinct and even though you might have one in your backyard even though we have them yeah. in our backyard and in our our neighborhoods gardens. will become the museum there's one yeah.
0: uh, there's one so, right in my, across and uh, the parkway next to me and the house and it's Perfectly healthy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is in the city of Chicago. And I keep thinking, I wonder when Emerald Ash is gonna land on this tree, but it might not. We don't know. And the other thing, and I'm sorry to interrupt, no. uh, Guy Sternberg, do you guys Rex, do you know Guy Sternberg? Oh,
4: yes, yes, I know Guy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know Guy Sternberg. Yeah. Okay. Star Hill, uh Forest Arboretum down in Menard County. His advice, he was on the show several years ago, and I thought this was just brilliant advice. He told people, he said, look. For survivors. You're driving by, you see an ash tree, and this is a great time because they have wonderful color, so they're they're kind of easy to spot at this time of year. If you see an ash tree that's healthy and it's it sticks sticks out like a sore thumb, find that tree, tell the proper authorities so that they can gather the seed from that tree. This is the hope for ash trees. Is that the ones that are resistant to emerald ash borer?
1: And so that's what we would call lingering ash? Um, they're, I have they're, not heard that phrase. <laughs> no. okay. They're trees that, that stick around and still look a little bit and still look healthy. A, a few years after, the vast majority of the forest stand they're in has clearly been impacted by E B. Right. And the Forest Service and University of Notre Dame and several other research groups are doing um, concerted breeding programs to try to breed some of our lingering ash. But again, it's a race against time because the trees are disappearing so quickly. Is there any hope? Yeah, and go ahead Rex. breeding
0: trees is
4: is a slow process. Right. From the time you you know to get them up to when they can reproduce seed, and you know the other thing is you know some of the information about what is actually make may make the tree resistant is is we're not really sure of what the chemical makeup you know is. So it's it can be difficult mm-hmm. to breed for something when you're when you're not really sure. What it is that you're ah. looking for, because you may not have the right chemical mix that either the insect is keying in on or is being repelled by. Uh, is it one chemical? Is it a mixture of different chemicals? It could uh, be physical is, yeah. too,
3: or is it coming actually, from the soil as it's yeah, pulling or up the water? Something else. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we don't
4: really know what we're looking for uh, in terms of of what would be that. Uh, that that key point that would say okay we can breed to try to increase this particular compound and that will help. Hmm.
0: I get it so that you might take a seed from a tree that has survived in the wild bring it into the uh, the uh, laboratory and it does not Mm -hmm. survive because it's the wrong environment for it or something like that is that what you're Uh, saying? It might
4: have just been lucky.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well that's true there there is some luck involved but if uh, I th- at least it's a start, it's somewhere you can go with those up. Uh, either one of you, qu- quick question: What about the biological approach? I'm seeing parasitic wasps uh, being employed now. Does that have any hope of doing anything fast enough?
4: It can, it, they can help kind of reduce the population. You know, predator-parasite uh, prey relationships function by certain ecological rules, and so uh, it's you can ebb and slow the population, but it's very difficult for these things to completely eliminate it. It would be counterproductive to the survival of the predator species to completely destroy its host. Uh, so uh, a lot of these things are used in a way to try to, you know, reduce the number of pest insects out there, but you can't really hope that it would eliminate it.
0: Ah, I see. I hadn't even mm-hmm. thought about that. You can't kill off all of the hosts then mm-hmm. you don't have any food left. What the right? Heck? All right. All right. Let's get to oaks. Um, uh, Dr. Westwood, What's we know, as we said earlier, emerald ash borer is is responsible for the decline of ashes. What about oaks? What's going on there?
1: So for oaks, it's a variety of different um, threats. So what we did was we looked at the 91 species of native U.S. oaks. So this is across the whole country. Um, And we found that 20 of them are of conservation concern. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and 16 of them are in uh, what we would call a threatened category on that IUCN red list. So, either critically endangered, endangered, or vulnerable. Um, and those species range throughout. So, our threatened species in the US are predominantly in the southern United States and in the western United States. So California is actually the state with the most number of threatened oak species. Really? They have nine. Hmm. Yeah. Um, And in fact, we don't have any threatened species here in the state of Illinois. Um,
0: So none of the oaks that we're familiar with, uh, the red oaks and the chinkapins and the swap white oaks, uh, they're they're, they're okay right now.
1: So they're not currently on the, the IUCN red list. But the flip side of that is that what we do see is that our oak dominated ecosystems here that illinois would have historically had are changing obviously changing so if you look at the canopy of our forests right now you see a lot of white oaks and you know a lot of dominant oak species if you look at the and they're all in peggy's
0: backyard by the way i'll have you know she brought in a bunch of acorns last week
1: (laughs) but if you look at the understory in our chicago area forests Mm -hmm. there there's very little recruitment of Mm -hmm. oaks there's a lot more sugar maples And um, probably in our area, the reason for our oak habitats declining. So it's not at the scale yet that we can really categorize the species as threatened because white oaks are still so widespread and don't have the sort of severe and extreme threat that, you know, EAB is posing to the ash. Mm -hmm. Um, But But Dr.
4: Westwood, I kind of heard that, you know, we're we're concerned that, say, red oaks may, their range may be pushed out of Illinois to the Mm -hmm. north as, as... uh... You know the weather. Sure, climate change progresses,
1: and that's and actually climate change is one of the biggest threats on our of all of the the oaks that we came across. Um, climate change, habitat destruction, um, land management practices, things like a lack of fire or too much fire.
0: I'll tell you one of the things that, from the homeowner's perspective. Oaks have a bad reputation for growing slowly. And if you talk to Connor Shaw at Possibility Place, he says that's just not true. Mm-hmm. They grow at the same rate pretty much as any other tree. But for some reason, they have this reputation. And that's a reason people shy away from them. They want something that grows fast. And, and you guys both know that the faster a tree grows, the faster it dies, basically. That's that's sort of, it goes hand in hand. Um, All
4: right. They, uh, we kind of talk about the... Uh Slow and steady wins the race. Trees versus the live fast, die young <laughs> <Yeah>. philosophy <laughs> the, of, the, of the, life.
0: The James Dean trees, okay? Yes. Uh, oh.
4: And people want those. They they grow fast, but they have you know their their lifespans aren't as long. They tend to be weaker. They have more.
3: Yeah, um, they
1: don't last you know, they, they in in the windstorms
3: and
4: right.
0: So right. yeah. Go ahead.
1: I just wanted to mention, you had said, you'd asked earlier about the ash, you know, should people just replace them? What should they do? And questions about growing oak trees. Sure. Um, On a practical level, the Morton Arboretum provides some wonderful resources. Um, We have a plant clinic that can, that has a website with a lot of really good advice for what to plant and when and why and where. And then we have um, a great uh, resource that we developed last year, I think, which is the Northern Illinois Tree Selector. So Mm -hmm. if you go to the website and look that up, it has all sorts of advice and there's a a great big table in it that says, um, you know, where to plant trees. And one of the great things that it has about um, that it has is it it highlights trees that sort of enrich diversity Mm -hmm. um, in the urban forest. So we've done this big survey of the Chicago area of what sort of trees are growing and where we know that there's a pretty good tree that could be an, an urban tree or street tree. And it would increase the diversity um, of our general urban forest, which is resiliency, right? Which means we don't have the EAB situation right. again, where we have to remove millions of trees. Um, well, and oaks, uh, there are several oaks that are on that. You list. know,
0: first of all, I would say to anybody, plant an oak. Okay, just.
1: Yeah, I would
3: agree. J- know, I would agree. So. I'll give yeah. you seedlings. I have lots and, and, of them. Peggy <laughs> has them in her
0: But the other advice that I've heard once is look around, yeah. see what your neighbor is growing, and plant something different.
1: Exactly. And I
0: the- love that advice. But make it native. Yeah. Make it native, roughly native to our area. Well, we're out of time. Uh, thank you. So we've got to continue this conversation. It's too important. Dr. Murphy Westwood from Morton Arboretum. You go to mortonarboretum.org. Um, and Dr. Rex Bastian from Davy Tree Experts. Go to Davy.com. Rex, you got to get back on the show real soon, and we'll talk uh, again as well before you disappear into the south of uh, Illinois.
4: Well, even in retirement, you know, I'm still, I'm still out there. Okay. And you
0: just uh, disappear, you know, <laughs> poof, and you're gone.
3: Bye-bye. The Scarce Green Fair is back, and the Mike Novak Show is part of it. We'll be broadcasting from the DuPage County Fairgrounds on Saturday, September 30th at 10 a.m., This year, the Green Fair features a free recycling extravaganza, eco-lifestyle workshops, goats and chickens, beekeeping demos, STEM activities for kids, a farmer's market, food vendors, and more. Mike and I love Scarce, so come out be part of the fun. Go to Scarce.org for details, and we'll see you there. Hi, this is Ron Calgill from Mighty
0: House. Are you looking for a cool ride that you can plug in so you can flip off the guy at the gas station? The Illinois Solar Energy Association is raffling off a 2017 Tesla Model X, and only 2,500 tickets will be sold. Go to Illinois Solar and click on the link to the Tesla raffle. You can buy one ticket for $100 or four tickets for $300. All the raffle proceeds will fully benefit the Illinois Solar Energy Association, a nonprofit working to advance solar energy development throughout the state of Illinois. The winner will be drawn on December 7th, 2017. That's IllinoisSolar.org.
3: Chicagoans are looking for ways to get healthier in 2017. Hi, I'm Peggy and I publish Natural Awakening, Chicago's greenest and healthiest local magazine. And if you want to reach this growing wellness market, you need to get your business in front of our 80,000 monthly readers. Call me today at 847-858-3697 to learn more. That's 847-858-3697. And check us out at nachicago.com. Natural awakenings. Feel good, live simply, laugh more.
2: What is this place? You're in uncharted territory. What do you mean? Where are we? I don't know if you've heard this. I don't
0: know what it is.
3: Tell us your name, please. 1590.
1: WCGO Chicago.
0: And last week, I talked about a plant that blooms yellow. Well, golden, actually. If you listen to this radio show, you know that I took a bite of the end of a stem of goldenrod. Won't make that mistake again. This week, I want to tell you about the blues. No, not my mental state, but gentians, which have that coveted blue color. Everybody wants blue for their garden, and they don't know how to get it. Gentian is one way to go. Uh, And they bloom at this time of year when most plants are winding down. Now, the latest issue of Chicagoland Gardening Magazine tells you about a couple of native varieties and even suggests companion plants for this season. Then there's my column on the inside back page of each issue. All I can say is that it has no equal, no companions, and no friends. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state by state gardening magazines. Go to ChicagolandGardening.com. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600 888-265-3600. What's the issue with 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 Rick there? I'm seeing no Rick on the phone. Keep trying. I have texted him. Tr- keep trying because he'll he'll be around. Uh, apparently Rick forgot we're doing it's, it's interesting no, but he, he, he,
3: he sent, sent us, us I know, just he posted us the stuff. thing he he I posted to Facebook what he he sent us like
0: But but we still have uh, in the studio, uh, Dr. Murphy Westwood. And, you know, if Rick and isn't here, we can do observations about our trees right now. We can switch gears and don't talk about the, the decline of ash trees and oaks, but more practical things for trees that you do have in your yard. You want to keep them alive, especially if you planted them this year.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: All of a sudden, it's very, very dry here. And
1: very, very hot.
0: And hot. Mm-hmm. Which is not a good combination for trees trying to go into dormancy, is it?
1: Yeah, it's not great for fall color either.
0: Oh, it's really, well, yeah, because Rick thought, uh, oh, uh, no, he's trying. Okay, he's still trying. We're still.
1: <laughs> Brendan's
0: Brendan trying to get Rick on the phone, but Rick had told us he thought, at least g- going into last week, that we were going to have some good color this year, but now it's beginning to look like it won't happen, huh?
1: We'll have to see. We no. have Rick.
0: All right, we have a... Rick has been located. We, uh, Rick DeMaio, meteorologist. He's doing laps in the
1: lake or yeah.
0: something. <laughs> we on the bicycle, Rick? What's go- Hi, good morning. I want to tell... Uh, we've got Dr. Murphy Westwood from the Morton Arboretum here, and we're talking about how dry and hot it yeah. is. And as we go into the fall, that's not good for trees. Um, and I got an, an email... Do you know uh, Beth Botts? Uh, yes. yes, she works at the Morton Arboretum. Has written for our, our the, science writer. Uh, right, exactly. She says, "Tell everybody to water their trees and yeah. ev- and everything else. The soil is dry way down. Heat and no meaningful rain in Northeast Illinois for weeks. Trees need water even though they are going dormant. Trees changing color way early. Drought stress and heat stress. Mm-hmm. So." Uh, Dr. Uh, Westwood was saying here, Rick, that it might mess up the color season, and Beth is sort of confirming that, which is to say trees are going to start turning color early and it's going to be inconsistent is what I'm gathering from that. uh, Yeah, I
2: mean, they're they're the experts on that. I'm only going by what I've seen in the past is when you've had um, very, very wet springs. Uh, You've had periods of dryness and warmth pretty much around the middle part of September, uh, you generally tend to accelerate the color, whether or not it's a real deep, vibrant color is another thing. Um, and I think we've seen this before. You may have, you know, the best, you know, setup for leaf, uh, you know, for basically colors of leaves, and all of a sudden you have this monster storm come through with like forty mile an hour winds, and it blows all the leaves off, and then basically your fall color season is gone at that point. <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm not going to go against the experts from that standpoint, but. You know, I think the stuff that I've sent you about the rainfall over the last 30 days
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, in northeast Illinois, that's 5%. Uh, wow. Temperatures, yeah, isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Um, so The last hour observation at 10 a.m. is um, 86 degrees for O'Hare, but in between at 1030, it hit 88. The record high is 91. We're already 6 degrees warmer than we were yesterday at this time. And we may actually hit 95. The last time we had the 95-degree temperature um, this summer was not even during the summer. It was actually in spring. It was June 15th. So this is the weirdest thing. We may actually have the two warmest days of the year occurring outside of what we call meteorological summer. How strange wow. is that, guys?
0: Oh, my goodness. That's 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 Twitter material <laughs> And there. then
3: we'll be putting the heat on in a week and a half. Yeah, because isn't today the first day of fall?
0: Yeah, uh, yesterday. The first yeah. full one, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, it was the first the first full day of fall yeah, and then first the first day. day of the first time we had a ninety five was actually on June fifteenth. I don't think that's ever happened. That's uh weird. but if we hit ninety two today, that'll break the record of ninety one. And this will be the latest we've ever had four consecutive nineties um ever in the Chicagoland area dating all the way back to eighteen seventy one. Now granted our you know, our observation site has changed from O'Hare to midway to downtown, so you're not really comparing apples to apples to apples, but boy, if you look at the tropics and you look at where Irma was and you look at where uh, Jose was, this is all a byproduct of the active hurricane and tropical storm season in the Western Atlantic. It's how, the how, only way you can get you warm this time of the year this long.
0: How? How explain how that? How that happens?
2: Well, if you look at um, even like a four or five day loop of Irma uh... the high thick clouds came basically right into the upper levels of the midwest even though we had a little bit of rain at the surface at that point the hurricane is just basically venting so you're pushing air from about eighteen to twenty thousand feet all the way up into the stratosphere which is up at about forty thousand feet and what it does is it tends to block any of the cold air coming in from the west So that's that's reason number one reason number two then becomes jose uh... if you look at where jose basically stalled Um, We had mid and high clouds from Jose going all the way west into the Great Lakes and southeastern parts of Canada. So, again, you're not so much warming the surface, but you're warming the upper levels of the atmosphere. Um, Outbreaks of cold air uh, during the wintertime tend to originate near the surface. Outbreaks of really hot warm air tend to eventually develop in the upper levels of the atmosphere. So if you could push the upper levels of the atmosphere kind of westward a little bit, um it's remarkable how warm you can get and think about it this guys we have the same amount of sunlight today as we have get this on the 20th of march and we're still able to get to 95 degrees you take the same amount of heat and you put it into the middle of the summer you're up to 105 degrees
0: uh i guess we're fortunate in that regard aren't we
2: (laughs) (laughs) we are but also a big thing is you know talking about the dry weather without a doubt dry soil temperatures have a huge impact on how much warmth you can get into the atmosphere. If you remember early in the year, we had some warm weather and man, when it got hot, it got humid because of all the evapotranspiration. Right now, even though humidity levels um, kind of feel high, if you watch the dew point temperatures, they actually fall about four or five degrees during the course of the afternoon because the atmosphere is literally drawing moisture out of the lower levels due to the ground being so dry. So you see it not only in the air, huh. but you probably see it also in the bushes and the trees. Mm-hmm. So as you mentioned, good time to water.
0: Yeah, let's let's stress that. Uh, as long as it remains warm and, and dry, and, and how long is that going to happen, Rick?
2: Uh, let's see. Today will be fourth day in a row of 90. Tomorrow will be 5. Monday will be six. Tuesday maybe temperatures in the mid upper eighties. Uh, so I don't think we'll hit a six day of, of eighty degree weather. But the bottom definitely falls out. Not 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 a temperature crash on Wednesday, but it definitely cools off on Wednesday. And I think Peg was alluding to this this time next week, uh, the, all the cold air out west. And if you want, I just sent you an email, Mike, of how cold it's been across the Rocky Mountains.
3: Yeah, Check we posted the snow view. photo.
2: It, it, isn't that amazing? That Soda Butte Lodge on the um, northeastern part of Yellowstone National Park. This is their second snow event in wow. the last couple of years, wow. the last couple of days. Holy so They have about a foot and a half in the mountains, and that's great news for them because they love snow this time of the year. Wait, so
0: quickly. The when's the next? What's the next time we get rain?
2: Next time of rain, probably Wednesday night, Mike.
0: Okay, great. Thanks, Rick. I'll talk to you later. Uh, th- good. Thanks to Dr. Murphy Westwood, Dr. Rex Bastian. Until tomorrow at 9, go green or. Go
1: home. Uh, Stadler? Yeah, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much. <laughs>